You're listening to a One Fine Baby podcast. One Fine Baby acknowledges the traditional owners of land and water that this podcast is recorded on and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. How many times have you winced your way through that cold cup of coffee just for the caffeine kick? Or tripped over the same toy you've put away 10 times? We have toothpaste on our t-shirt and tiny humans screaming our name. The Cold Coffee Hot Mess Podcast is here to bring you the real side of parenting and serve up the juiciest survival hacks for this season of life that you can implement today. Okay, so welcome. (laughs) I don't know why I'm feeling a bit like teary, like end of the year. End of the year. I know, it's been a big end. It's been a big end, but we are your hosts, Olivia and Nadine. I will say that in case you don't know already. Uh, But we started this podcast about five Months, six months six ago months now. Six months ago now. Wow, thanks. Yeah, thanks for picking me up on that. Six months. And, and it has flown by. And the feedback. I mean, we've got all of these five-star reviews. It's been shared with people that we don't know. It's in different countries. We've spoken to amazing guests and we just didn't know that it was going to fly like it has. Yep, there's been tears. There's been laughter. Oh, there's been it? new connections. There's been so many hacks oh, gosh, that like, hacks. have improved our lives. Like <laughs> for sure. Things that we've implemented. What's your favourite one? Oh, gosh. The For me, it's a rub-out pen. I know that's so <laughs> simple, but, like, it has changed my life, so many lives of my friends and my work colleagues and everything. That rub-out pen, Officeworks, like, wow, that's been a huge one. I know that's very – she. I mean, she. I heard her mention it just, like, the other day. <laughs> she brings it up all, all the, the time. time. Oh, God, you put me on the spot. Oh, you know what was really good? The, your Band-Aid hacks with the oils. That's oh, yeah. That saved that's... me because Eva's developed little you know, little hairs on her legs now that she's getting a bit older and like, oh, my gosh. The, they like, just slide on off now. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I just don't put it anywhere don't near her eyes. Face. Yeah. <laughs> we can't laugh about uh, it. Yet. But obviously there's been plenty of other hacks, so but they many. were two standouts. So many, so, so many great ones. And the great thing is all of our amazing chats with professionals and experts in their fields, they're all kind of evergreen so if you go back you're not going to miss it yeah and if you know a friend that's just become pregnant Mm. like definitely share the podcast because you can go right back to the beginning and they're all very relevant and it'll grow with you there'll be an episode for every stage that you're at yeah and in the spirit of looking back we are coming at you to say goodbye for 2023 with oh gosh I thought you were like (laughs) I was saying goodbye (laughs) no you are not girl you are not leaving me Um, with a best of episode best that of. producer Sim has put together with um, all our best bits, maybe also some not so great bits, bloopers. <laughs> There's been a heck of a lot of those. Oh, yes, we've learned our <laughs> way. But thank you, producer Sim. Yeah, that's thanks. Like a Give it up beyond. for producer Sim, everyone. That's very Ooh. kind of you. I know that's a lot of work as well. So. Yeah. So over and out for 2023 and we'll see you in 2024, guys. We'll be back in January. Can't wait to see you then. See you next year. Bye. Bye. Who are we? Olivia. Why are we running a podcast? Why on earth? Uh, Someone give us a podcast. Well, you know what? We are actually from One Fine Baby and we run expos all the time. We have been in the industry for like, what, nine years A bajillion years, it feels like. We've got an online shop. We've got two kids each. And I think we've got like 25 kids between us and the team. Oh God, that's a lot of kids. It is constant. Like we are always chatting parenting and that is why we are here right now because Mm. there are so many hacks to share. We literally turn up into our office. And every day there's a new hack that oh one God. of us knows. I hate to break it to you, but we speak of nothing else. <laughs> when I'm Sorry, I know you're the boss, <laughs> but we speak of nothing else. So we just thought we'd put it all in your ears. Yeah. All right, Liv. So the last question of the get to know you game. Uh, <laughs> what is the one thing you'd take back if you could? Okay, this for me 
is an easy one. Um, when Freddie was born, we were in COVID lockdown um, and I found it really, that whole time, very stressful oh. having going from one to two kids. And I reckon I just missed it. I missed from like three to 18 months of his life because I just wished it all away. Fast forward, I'm going to get teary if you can't see me about it, but it can't get it back. And I, that's something I Because you wished deeply, it away? For sure. Yeah. So hard. So yeah. I regret it. Definitely. I, I would say a lot of people would be in the same situation yeah. as you, but wishing it away when you're in mm, the depths of states. of it, right? Yeah. Oof. What about you? <laughs> Let's keep it moving. Um, what would you take back? I don't have an answer because you didn't prep me on it. No. But that's okay. <laughs> what is the one thing that I'd take back if I could? Probably similarly not being present in the moment when my kids were babies and, yeah, just really, oh, my God, I'm going to cry as <laughs> This is not a podcast about crying, but you're welcome no, to. No, but I think life goes so quickly so and my kids are now five. I miss that baby stage. Yeah, it doesn't come back. And um, yeah. How true is that saying? The days are long, but the years are short. <sighs> Kills oh, me. I didn't realize. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, great. Get to know your game. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for right, that. Moving on. <laughs> wow. So today we're covering a topic that's not often spoken about, but it's an issue for so many parents when a new baby comes along. Resentment can hit us all hard. It comes about when the shock of everything that comes along with looking after a baby becomes a reality. And one parent feels like they're carrying the bulk of the load. Today, we want to explore healthy ways to address these feelings and how to protect our relationship in what can truly be the hardest season of life. And today we have Sally Branson, who's a professional crisis manager and a media commentator on politics, women's issues and current affairs, and also owns the sweet set, you multitasking, amazing woman. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Exhaustion. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, but tired. isn't that the mental load? We're all jugglers. That's We're all it. drinking cold coffee. That's right. We've That's got one it. sitting right next That's to me. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into this resentment topic, and I think the reason why we got you is you are so good with conflict resolution and crises and, and managing that whole process of communication between people. And Livia and mm -hmm. I were chatting the other day about conflict with partners and she was doing this amazing hack that I had never thought to think about mm. how you open a conversation yeah. with what were we going through? Well, look, Nathan and I had just got to a point. We've got a two and a four-year-old, as you know, Sal, and they are constantly just fighting and mm -hmm. draining us of all of our energy and patience. Um, and we just started to uh, get this kind of overwhelming um, resentment towards each other. I could mm. sort of feel it um, from both sides. Uh, and so we were getting snippy at each other. The kindness was kind mm -hmm. of being stripped away. So I just, you know, enough is enough. I, I sat there at work and I thought, how are we going to do this? I can't afford counselling right now, cost of living. So let's yeah. <laughs> let's come up with a solution. 100%. So I, yeah, right. So I texted Nathan. I said, let's come up with three things that we really love about each other to remember why we're doing this. And then three things that are kind of annoying us so we can address the concern, but sandwich them, you know, between good, the good stuff. And mm. our relationship... It was a great chat. We had a glass of wine and our relationship has done a 180. I can't even explain it, but it works. What do you reckon? Is that is that a good thing for couples to do? I think it is a great thing. And I think about this a lot. And although I'm the crisis manager, often it is my husband, Jonathan, who is the one managing our crisis the best because um, I think I've got all the answers all the time because I do it professionally. <laughs> but it comes back to the fact that we're a team and we're a partnership. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've got some really strong tips 
that I bring into and my husband brings into our relationship all the time. And for us, it comes back, Liv, similar to you around the values, like why are we doing this? So for both Jonathan and I, we, you know, take a deep breath. And my big thing is, is our relationship worth this drama? And the overwhelming answer is yes, but it seems like when I get resentful about where the Tupperware is going, you know, where is that Tupperware lid gone? You can't mm. put the, I'm, I've got the mental load of cleaning this house and when you do it to take the mental load off, you can't even do it right. That's mm. a real issue with me. And then I think, is my marriage and my children's parents' relationship, I think that all the time, like what are we modelling for our children? Yes. Is it worth the Tupperware or is it worth this going back in the wrong spot or is it worth the fact that he doesn't know where that baby Panadol dropper is <laughs> or how to use the baby belt? Because you know what? That's my skill. That's what I bring to the yeah. relationship. I can do that. So it's about thinking, is this resentment and drama worth it? Now, the key issues around relationship resentment and new parent resentment is that on the whole, it is the mother who stays at home and looks after the baby. And as you said, you know, partners go to work and or there's one partner, even in a same-sex relationship, yep. there's one pe person who's going out and working. And Liv mentioned cost of living and can't afford counselling. That plays into it too because there's one person who is, quote, unquote, the breadwinner mm -hmm. and they are doing that external work while the other person is doing the internal work. The so unpaid, that, harder job, I might unpaid, say. Unpaid, <laughs> yeah, of keeping a, a human alive. Life. Yeah, now, right. Value and worth proposition has changed. And so that's why the key, and people say it all the time, whether you're an introvert, whether you're an extrovert, whether you can afford counselling, whether you can't, communication is the key. That's so right. it's like you would do in a workplace. For me, communication is our issue, and I know that. And that's why, you know, these tips work for us, formalising things. I think also that's a really good tip for people who are pregnant or about to become parents. I, I heard this hack that what you should do is speak to someone who's already had a baby note down all of the jobs that come along with having a new baby, right? And then you sit down in a formal setting with your partner and you allocate. And apparently this yes. can take away some of the overwhelm and the feelings of resentment yes. because everybody knows what they're going to do, right? Mm. Everyone knows their role. Okay, so now we're coming to a time in the podcast that I like to call Hack City. Hack, Hack City. <laughs> if you know, you know. Hack City. I'm not going to say the next word. I am <laughs> looking at you laughing out loud just in well, case you're wondering. Okay, good. So you get it. Um, but this is the part where we share a juicy hack and it could yeah. be parenting related or it could just be a gold mine as a person for you to just... In our experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what is your Hack Hack City? Mine's like a bit wafty, but it's um, about your future self doing things for your future self. Oh, like what? I mean, this all started over a margarita. Oh, as <laughs> most of your fair. adventures do. <laughs> so one of we were having margaritas and then one of my friends switched to waters and she's like, I'm doing it for my future self today. And I was like, what are you talking about, your yeah. future self? Well, tomorrow... I'm going to wake up and thank my, past future, self. my past self, yeah. my future self, uh, for starting the waters now. Yeah. And so she started talking about this concept and it's all about doing things for your future self. So right. things like the night before you go to work so or meal planning on a Sunday, mm. getting yourself set up for the week and your future self is really going to thank her. I never think about her. Well, cutting all the fruit up on a Sunday in one yes. of those Amazon containers, you know, putting them all away so that robbies don't go off um, mm. the night before, laying your clothes out if you want to exercise. Um, it just makes it easy when you wake up pre-doing your lunches so all you have to do is open the fridge door put it in your bag and off you go to work you yeah. know just little little things that are setting yourself up for your future self 
just making her life easier. Yes. It really makes making her life easier. Mm. Yeah. I never thought about that that way. Yeah. I never thought about it either. Mm. But if you do just little things like that, it really can make a big change. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Nadine and Olivia and we're your hosts of the Cold Coffee Hot, Hot Mess, Mess Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Why do you always do a growl? I don't know. I always have to make a noise. Yeah, I just want to spice it up in yeah. the podcast studio. Gotta try. Soon, hey? Gotta keep the fire alive in yeah. here. Um, the fire is alive, babe. But how has your week been? <laughs> Look, it's been busy. We've got mm-hmm. obviously one fine baby coming up. Mm-hmm. So that's big, right? Yep, yep. The expo. Huge. We'll work all year towards got me that working one. hard. Well, I've got some news. What? My husband is joining the business. Steady Eddie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He has been called that since day dot. That really? is funny. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, so he is joining the business wow. next week. He's been working for another company or well, a boss for like over 15 years. Wowza. That's big for him. Is he ready for us? I don't know. <laughs> Certainly going to change the office chat. I mean, I am I'm going to have to go about. PG. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like all of the uh, sex chat. But no, no, no. Keep it PG. Keep it yes. professional. Yes. going to have to. I don't want to like be talking about periods and lock eyes with Ed on your table. It's going <laughs> to suck majorly. He may just get used to it. But um, so, yeah, I'm navigating that at the moment. It's going to yeah. be quite interesting. So if anyone has any tips on how to work with your husband, are you going to be sitting next to each other? No, I think Robin from marketing <laughs> is going to be the little sandwich. She's going to be, oh, she's going to have a Richard's said. either side. She said, oh, my God, I'm the Richard sandwich. Um, but she is she's perfect for that. Yes. She will hold She'll us to that account. Well. That's, That's right. right. Okay, so today, Nadine, I'm so excited. We so have excited. the ultimate guest. I've been, she's been on my wish list for at least a month when this podcast started. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I've had this dream for a month. Um, it is Kira Rumble. You've probably heard of her. Yeah, she, I mean, she has three businesses. Oh my god, she's incredible! At the moment, it might be moment. five next week, but yeah. she is the no, owner. Of, no, there's not. <laughs> she's the owner of Crumble Foods, Habitual Beauty, and Mini and Me Hydration Powders. Welcome, Kira. Thanks for having me, guys. I already feel like we're just having a casual chat amongst friends. <laughs> oh, well, you're very welcome, Kira. Yeah, yeah we're so happy to, to have, have you. you. <laughs> so we're just going to jump straight in, Kira, and we just want to know: Little Goldie Girl is what, a few months old now, and how are you feeling? She's 10 weeks. Oh She's 10 weeks gosh, today, actually. Not even a few months. If you weeks. hear some heavy breathing, it's her in my arms because she is a classic Velcro baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I finally feel like I've come out of that newborn fog. Oh, Thank gosh. It's thick, isn't it? That <laughs> and you've fog. also got a toddler it's too. so thick. Yeah. I have a very busy two-year-old. He oh. is just so busy. He's such a joy, but... He's so busy. Yeah. Oh, well, good. you are the picture of multitasking motherhood right yeah, here. Yeah, Doing a podcast <laughs> with a newborn in your I know. I mean, seriously. God. I know. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you've been posting. I, I'm, I'm a big follower of yours, and I know you've been posting a few stories about having a bit of a rough go of it the last sort of 10 weeks. So what do you think it is about that postpartum period, that trimester four, that can feel so challenging for sort of new and second, third time parents? With Goldie, it was the biggest emotional hormonal dump. Yeah. I had the most intense baby blues that I actually noticed how much I was crying. I would be sitting in bed for weeks, just sobbing, 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 crying, holding Mm. her, going, what have I done? I've made the worst mistake. I'm not happy. (laughs) Yeah. It was just so emotional that I actually went to the GP and I said, I think I've got postnatal depression. Yeah. Yeah. I need to I need to go get my mental health care plan checked out. Um, Do I need to up my antidepressants? What's going on? 
And she sort of just said, look, let's just give it a couple of weeks. Let's just see. Like, you know, it's really great that you're, you know, taking notice of all your feelings. And I was messaging my friends. I was being very vocal just Mm -hmm. because I've got a history of PTSD. I've got a history of depression. So I was really conscious that how I was feeling is so different to Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. And it is just so consuming. I went to the park with a friend and I just sat there sobbing, crying. And it was just, I think it's a combination of a shock to the system, mm-hmm. hormones, very dependent on, well, for me personally, Goldie was just, she's, she cried all the time. Mm. I couldn't put her down. It was just so overwhelming. My senses were overwhelmed. Yeah. I was, I'm so touched out right yeah. now and overstimulated. It's just such a different experience. And you have a toddler as well. Yeah. And a toddler and, you know, the TV's on when I'm feeding her and then my partner comes home and the volume on my partner's phone was so loud or it's so loud all the time. And it's just, you know, you've got a screaming toddler, screaming baby, Mm. dogs barking. The senses and the sensory overload is just so intense. That sleep deprivation. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was dealing with intense anxiety, which I just, it was just such a I actually developed quite bad anxiety during my pregnancy Mm. with Goldie and it really just spilled over into my postpartum period and I was just thing isn't it strange this anxiety my sister had a baby a week ago and she has just told me about this that every she's not eating dinner at the moment because every time the sun goes down this anxiety just overwhelms. Oh, a dark yes. cloud came over me yeah. at 8 p.m. knowing, oh, I forgot I'm all about it. that. Yeah. yeah, it's very, it's, it's, yeah. You feel very on your own, don't you, in the, in this time? Yep. Mm. And you think, how many times am I going to be waking up overnight? Yes, am I going to feel good in the morning? Mm. And it's just so crippling. And for me, you know, I really wanted to have a really slow healing postpartum period because I was so unwell with my hyperemesis during mm. my pregnancy with Goldie. Mm. I was like, I'm going to have a really slow healing postpartum period. But yeah. for me, being inside actually crippled me more with my anxiety than being outside. Right. And so for so many people, you know, I speak to, they're like, I just couldn't get out of the house. And for me, I couldn't stay in the house. No. They do say Getting one of the outside, best things. Getting outside, having fresh air. Yeah, you got to get outside and have fresh air. That's what people say. Even if you can just do it once a day. My mother-in-law just said you just got to make sure you get out with the baby at least once a day. Yeah. Just once. Yeah. Get that and fresh air. It's it's so important just for your sanity or for my sanity. But mm. then I you know speak to other people saying I just I didn't leave the house for ten weeks. Mm. So it's so individual, but it it's is. just crazy that. It just completely overrides you. Yeah, but that just shows how crippling it is. That is such like it sounds like such simple advice. Get out of the yeah, house. But it's, there's Once so much day. that yeah. goes into but that. But there is so much that goes into that. <sighs> yeah, you just like it, yeah. yeah, it blows my mind. Yeah, and this is all that happens like at becoming a motherhood. It's you know. Yeah. What has been your greatest support during the time? Is it a person? Is it is it a service? What helped you the most? You know, to get through it. It's not just one thing. It's so. It's a combination of so many things. Like. Simple things as meals. Yes. So I don't have to worry and stress about cooking with a toddler, with a newborn. What am I going to be cooking? Mm. We bought a freezer, a chest freezer before Goldie was born. Yeah. And I stockpiled it. I made so many meals. We relied on things like dinner ladies mm-hmm. and a few local companies. And it just made life so much easier. Yes. So there's that respect. I mean, well, I've still got. I, 
we're 10 weeks on and I've still got freezer meals that I'm like <laughs> yeah. integrating in. That's good. I mean, isn't that the one thing that goes through your head every day? What am I going to have for dinner? Oh, what am I going to make? Have God. I got the things so if you can take yeah. that off your plate? That's yeah. a great one. Yeah. 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 And I think friendship and I live about an hour and a half away from my close, close friends. And I think just having that daily support you know mm-hmm. I would literally message my friend saying this is just groundhog day I just feel sick I'm in bed I'm riddled with anxiety I need to get up how do I get up I'd be lying in bed at 6 a.m paralyzed not being able to get out wow. and it would just be that simple reminder yeah the mother's from my group. friend is saying you've yeah. got this you know mm-hmm. it's you know you are so in the thick of it right now touching on your mother's group I just think it's so important because there is no one else that understands what you're going through apart from those people in your mother's group because they have babies in that same and I remember thinking oh I have enough friends like I don't need a mother's group I remember turning up and seeing all these people I'm like these people are so different to me like Mm. I don't and I the bonds I have created from that mother's group are incredible and it got me through my own postnatal depression you know they understood they saw the changes in me I was able to talk it through and I went to the doctor afterwards you know so yeah I couldn't agree more that it's those those sorts of friends um that you make through and they're friends for life potentially aren't they yeah 100 percent. yeah even as simple as I so I don't I haven't joined a mum's group with Goldie just because I'm back at work and it's just way too busy for me (laughs) but with Hunter I made a friend's group uh, I joined a friend's group um mum's group my gosh my brain (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) and I reached out to them and I just said guys I'm just did anyone else experience this anxiety and about 70% of them all said yes and then they all individually reached out to me one girl sent me a big bunch of um a big plant that's sitting in my bedroom right now you know see she's a mom she knows the plant lasts longer than the flowers yeah 100% yeah and just little things like that to make you feel not alone and I just thought there was something wrong with me my pregnancy's broken me it's It's funny though because I had the same on my second one I had postnatal depression Mm. and anxiety way more than I did on my first same with me and when I look back on my first I go Oh, yeah, there were signs, but for some reason it's just impounded yeah. on that second child. Well, I guess it's still it's the numbers game, right? There's yeah. still one baby and two parents, so it's yeah. a little bit easier when it comes to the second and yeah, the subsequent. It's like, it's like it takes over your body. God, yeah, it's, yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's just a time challenge of trying to keep the toddler busy while you do what you need yeah, to do so for the baby. Yeah, it's very normal. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so normal. Yeah. I say to my sister, who's, who's obviously just got a, a one week old, as I said, I say to her, just have no expectation for the first six weeks. And like you were saying about being organized, Kira, I think that's so important, especially when you've got, you know, multiple children. But for her, I said, you just have to get one thing done a day. Yeah. Whether it's one thing, hang that's out it. some washing. And don't overcommit. Don't overcommit. Don't say I'm going to go back to work early. Don't say I'm going to, oh, yeah, we'll catch up at the park all the time. And (sighs) the overcommitment, like, no. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. Have no expectations in that first six weeks. Yeah. It's a key. I'm yeah. so excited for this podcast it's today. Gonna be amazing. We're going to talk about how we're raising boys. Yes, and uh, we've got a very special guest who has mm-hmm. a very unique position of having worked in boys' schools for years. So he knows all about oh, resilience yes. and getting them to open up and how to communicate with them in, in a sort of a changing world where boys' roles are different to they're absolutely what they are were 20, 30 years ago. So older generations. That's right. So it's invaluable. So let's get into it because I actually can't wait. I can't wait. Let's yeah, go. Let's go. You've been a guidance counselor, as we said in boys schools for 30 years you're also father to a daughter and a son 
And so let's just start. Can you tell us what are the problems that boys go through in childhood that are different to girls? Yeah, sure. Well, certainly over the last 20 years, I've noticed a steep increase in mental health issues, mm. and that's no surprise Mm-mm. to our listeners, mm. uh, particularly around anxiety. Yeah. So um, there seems to be a real connection that's mm. been made with mothers and sons. Yeah. And as boys go to school, some of them struggle with that detachment once yeah. they leave their parents yeah. and oh, right. realise that they've been around their parents for so many years, some struggle and find mm. it difficult to get into a socialisation position with others. Yeah. So um, interesting enough, anxiety, stress, mm. um, they're the main issues. Uh, and then some of that leads on to depression. So some kids can be get clinically yeah. depressed. Mm. Others just feel they're not coping too well and struggle. Mm. Risk-taking is a big thing for boys. Yes. Uh, they do it sometimes without thinking about consequences. Yep. So there's no thought to as what might happen if I push that boy over uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or what they might happen if I hit him across the head. So, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's another issue, risk-taking is certainly. Um, social and relational issues mm. are big things that we still deal with. Some boys get bullied, sadly. Mm. Yeah. Um, and depending on the school environment, our school environment, it's excellent. Yeah. Uh, there are not many boys who go through, you know, being bullied seriously, yep. but we try and get on top of them very quickly. But relational issues, and that's why I think the key word for young boys particularly mm. is to be connected. It's yeah. about connectedness and making sure that you've got someone you can turn to and talk mm. to, particularly if mum and dad aren't around at school. So from a school perspective, that's really, really important. And that's where you kind of come into the picture. Yes, in absolutely. Yeah. So I've kind of built connections with boys over many, many years, mm. not just through a counselling formal situation, mm. but I do lots of activities that will connect them with me and connect them with each other mm. and build that sense of camaraderie and friendship friendship and mateship, which mm. is really important for boys, because mm. you need to have mates. You yeah. need to go through life and have people that you can turn to and mm-hmm. talk to. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that perhaps has been lacking with some boys mm. who get shielded by their parents, particularly yeah. their mothers, and that's not meant to be a criticism because I think there's some absence of fathers yeah, uh, in okay. their lives and absence yeah. of male role models that causes that issue of mothers taking over mm. and looking after their sons in a good, meaning, meaningful way. Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, <laughs> it mother- becomes a bit too attached. Yeah, that's if right. you know what I mean. The mother-son relationship, speaking oh, from experience. Oh, it's a special mm. one. It's a very, I mean, <laughs> that's my boy. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah. I well, mean, I, know, I knew love with Eva and, yeah. and Freddie is the same. I love my kids the same, but there's a there's just some sort of special kind of love with yeah. Freddie. Like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> totally. When you're talking about communication, though, so in my example with Max, my son's 10, and every night I lie with him. Um, in bed and I'll just lie there but it's funny because he'll have been home from three till about 6 30 he would have said nothing about his day even if I prompt him nothing comes out and so you think everything's fine and then you lie with them and you stare at the ceiling and I say oh how was your day but slowly slowly it unravels and then he'll just give me this golden nugget of this massive thing that opened in his day but if I hadn't have taken that time to just lie and let still like silence Mm. sometimes golden um I would have never uncovered what had gone on in his brain that day like the issues but are there examples of phrases that I can open like someone said to me you know ask a question and then whatever he says back just repeat that word and then they'll keep going with the conversation are there any phrases like that that you can Okay. talk to yeah, boys sure. with? Well, look, I, uh, I think the key thing in terms of trying to get things out is, is if you can repeat 
what the child said. Mm. Yeah. That's really, really important. Mm. So you mentioned that, that mm. you had, your son had spoken to you and had let out a gold nugget mm. and then you, rep- you repeated that back to yeah. him. Well, and I all think of a sudden he, like... he became more conscious. And I think it's really about just affirming what you hear from your child, mm. in particular in this case your yeah. son, mm. and make sure that you listen carefully to any little words that come out that you can jump onto at the time. I think there's no key, for me, there's no key word, but it is it is about listening, being a real attentive listener and being a person who can reflect back what you've heard. It's reflecting, isn't it? That's it is the reflection. Technique. Well, it's for like... sure, for me, and that's how I engage students. From the start, I'll always talk about their family. So yep. on what they're up, and that's where I get the most information. Yep. If I'm engaging a student in a counselling session, yep. so I use the family platform as an opportunity to listen to what's going on with the family. Noticing Dad might be away for the week, Mum's feeling pretty stressed. Uh, you, you pick up little things, then you go with those little nuggets, as you call them. Yep. And, and and that's a way that you can tend to engage a student and connect with him yep. because being connected is so important. So your point is a very, very valid one, mm. finding time to listen. And sometimes late at night is not the optimum time. Mm. And sometimes it might be better to even get your son out in the car by himself and that's when they can't escape from you. Yeah. And <laughs> give them give them something that they would love to eat because uh, I know young boys love eating. And, yes, they young, do. young children love <laughs> eating. So, and then you can often get some good conversations just sitting down at a McDonald's. I don't, I'm not mm. here to promote McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, the they're sitting down at a store like that where you can just sit down and have a conversation in the afternoon before it gets too late because mm. I'm more into calmness at night, yeah. I'm more into meditation. Mm. Uh, we do a program called Peaceful Kids, mm-hmm. which is a mindfulness-type program which teaches young young children to become conscious of their emotions and their mm. feelings and allow themselves to be at peace as they go to sleep. So it's good to talk about things. I'm not yeah. saying that mm. you shouldn't do that at night, mm. but I think sometimes it can raise their, ad- their levels yeah, of agitation. Yeah, you don't want them to go into bed overthinking it's things. It's the only time I have... Okay, to, I'll rephrase that, but I was about to say it's the only time I have time for. Mm, <laughs> but yeah. because even though I really want to get back downstairs and have my dinner and start watching my TV, I'm like, no, I've got 10 minutes here at least. I'm going to just lie and see how Max's day was. And Because mm. before that, it's like, like you. boom, boom, boom. It's like I think it's whatever from, works for you. Yeah. And if that works for you, well, and works for them, I think that's a good thing. Mm. So I'm certainly not saying th- you, can't, you shouldn't no. do it, but I'm it's saying like, what, you should also look for other opportunities and times where you have that, that one-on-one opportunity, and that's not yeah. always easy when you've got other children <laughs> to start on. with because <laughs> you want to maintain that sense of you've got a one-on-one mm. relationship with that's them. That's right. Okay, we've got a cracker episode today, don't we? We sure do. One of my exciting ones. Yeah. Um, because I am so nosy. Like, I love... You are a bit nosy. I just love figuring out how other people do yes. it. So I thought if we shared our stories about how we do it and juggle, hey, right? we no like, oh no, <laughs> we are just surviving. We but, are tricking you know. nuggets three, four nights a week. Don't get it twisted. But That's right. you are like a lot of businesses. You're nonstop. You've got two kids in school. I work for you. <laughs> and then I'm also a celebrant and I've got two kids. We all have the same amount of hours in the day, but some people seem like they're just killing it. Yeah. 
So it's like, what do we do? What's smoke and mirrors? But also, what do we do to help what us achieve hacks? some things yeah, at least? That we do each day to get through, to get to the end of yeah, the week. What's to our make routines it... like? And, totally. And that's the thing. Like, I find when I am not in routine, mm. everything just falls away. Yes. And I just love being routine. I don't know about you, but I just love routine. And when yeah. I'm, if I've got a good routine, then I am happy. Yeah. Like, 100% yeah. happy. Yeah. When I'm out of routine, I am not myself yeah. and I am constantly just flailing. So, if we're going to summarize this for people mm-hmm. with takeaways, what do you reckon there would be? Like, what would you say? Definitely, I guess, the investment in myself and setting myself up for success. Mm, in terms of, like, the personal training and the getting yeah, your Yeah, I think done. getting my keratin done, mm. you know, setting myself up on Sundays and that future self-concept yeah. of, you know, so she can thank me. Like, I've got to set her up. Like, she's going to be in the thick of it. So, like, let's set her up for success yeah, and get, sure. get her organised and things like that. Sounds all full on, but it's actually not once you just get in a rhythm. It's just, yeah, it becomes normal, doesn't it? Yeah. You start doing it every week. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, you? I think for me, the it's the communication, the technology kind of rhythm that Nathan and I have got into, like sharing of those notes. We both have joint ownership of these tasks, making sure that they happen, yep. making sure that we're constantly communicating. Um, and, you know, we have a shared note right now for Eva's med- like medication schedule. Yeah, like that is really important, important that we're both across it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, using apps where you can, using technology, harnessing all of that to make sure that you're both um, responsible and mm-hmm. that you're communicating and everyone's where they should be, when they should be. Yeah. Okay. So we've got an exciting one today. Yeah. We are myth debunking again. That's right. Popular topics. So popular. So there's a lot of myths around midwives, right? A lot of people have these very like archaic views yeah, about midwives. Yeah, like really old school yeah. and, and you know, that judgmental mm. and mm. that they're going to like judge us on the decisions that we make and things. But it's not like that. It's not the Is case. it, Monique? No. And I guess I like to refer to myself as obviously I'm a registered midwife and nurse, but I like to say that yeah. I'm a modern day midwife in the way mm. that especially with what I'm doing with the media society and working with hundreds of women all the time I've just seen how things don't often go the way that women you know I say in quotation marks planned and I see that things need to step away from the norm for some people and every woman needs to do what's best for her and I guess as a society of women we can be very judgmental about what often other Mm. women are doing and I certainly see that birth is not one size fits all there is not one mold that works perfectly for someone else and that's what I'm very passionate about is yeah for sure and that's the advice we keep receiving you can go so far to plan your birth but you just have to accept that it may not go to plan yeah the whole process so you have to set up the epidural probably takes about 10 minutes to get a woman positioned and then the extent of the epidural working is up to 20 minutes so you can see how so it's literally a time there's no adverse reaction to getting it no. at that point it's just literally like there's no point because the baby's going to be out and you've been through the in. pain yeah, literally. Okay. So it's more to get an epidural, you have to be so still sitting on a bed. Imagine, mm. I mean. Which is hard. I just said. And yep. I was going to say, the anaesthetist is often the woman's best friend when they walk into the room and they say, sit still. The woman will sit still. I promise you. I'm like, gosh, you've been moving yeah. around this whole When I saw time. my anaesthetist come through the door, oh, it's like God it was like the seeing the Lord light. himself mm-hmm. walking through the door. He exactly. had a halo. He was glimmering around him. I was like, yeah. I don't even care about anything else in the world. I just yeah, want I'll him do and what me. You say. Every, I'll do whatever you want. Mm. I know. Just tell me. I'm like, I have been sifting your poo out of the bath and now you get out of the bath and (laughs) finally you listen to what they are saying and you wouldn't listen to me this whole time and this person just walks in that your new best friend but he has the drugs mon he has the drugs (laughs) 
You gotta understand. I know. I know. Or she, he or she has the drug. See, that's yeah. the one thing I wish I had have known about the poo coming out. No one told me mm. about poo coming out, and I had no idea. No one that told this, you? No, I you really know. were under a rock. I really was. But my <laughs> yeah. midwife kept cleaning around my back, and I'm like, "What is she doing?" And then it's like your poo is coming out, and I was like, I died with embarrassment. Like that was my yeah. Why would he tell of, you that? Well, well oh, here, I asked a question anyway. If we think of physiologically what how our body is shaped right think of Mm. where your baby is passing through and passing through your bowel it is going to be a normal physiological response for your body to clear out whatever is in the way to make more room for your baby so i don't know a formal stat but i would say nine out of ten women will poo in labor and i am like i'm like a poo fairy me too oh yeah you are the poo poo fairy. fairy you are like we see it we grab it, we glove it, we bin it. If you ask us, like, have you pooed? I will say no. You might smell something, but I will still say no. That's you will lie wrong. to us? That's so kind. Oh, that's awesome. Our husbands didn't lie Our to husbands us. didn't, that's for sure. Oh, dear. And often that's why I say, you know, we've got the diffusers going. Like, we've got good smells in the room. And honestly, if we say, if we hear a woman say, I feel like I need to poo, or we start to see that potentially yeah. <laughs> he's pooing. I can't tell you how internally happy I am. Like that uh, is the best thing. Why? Because we, because we know your baby's head is so low down that that's where you're getting that pressure. And oh, it's oh, a good sign. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's okay. amazing. That's what I mean. We love it. Like you should not be ashamed of it. it. Okay. Because <laughs> you you understand why women are like we're already legs around yeah. up around oh, our yeah, head. We're, like. Dignity's left at the door. All inhibitions. And then after all that, we're shitting ourselves. <laughs> Literally. I know. You know what I mean? We do. It's a lot. Difficult conversations with kids, right? This is what we're going to jump into next. These things are going to arise, and I mean, it can arise from as young as four. But let's go back to Stranger Danger. Um, you know, the the whole element that I know we're all frightened of is like keeping secrets. I really worry about someone saying to Eva, this is our secret and mummy will be really upset if you tell her. Like, they're, I mean, yeah. adults are smart, right? Like, they can really find their way around words and yeah. infiltrate into these little kids' minds. So it's about how do I counteract that preemptively and, like, get her to understand that actually there's nothing you can't tell me. So we do um, surprises instead of secrets. So we're like, um, so if someone's like, because it's kind of, it's in our natural language, right? So I might be like, we're going to get a present for daddy and it's going to be, it's our secret. We're going to get a present for daddy. Mm. But instead of saying it's our secret, it's a surprise because Mm. you always find out what a surprise is. Yeah, right. So it might be like, Mm. we're not telling someone so that they're having a birthday party because it's a surprise. It's not a secret though. Mm. It's a surprise. Because secrets are... In like infinite. In infinite. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So you try and it, so we try That's and a good be way like, to it. Um, you're allowed to have surprises because like they're gonna find out about mm. the surprise. But secrets are something that you're not meant to tell anybody, and there's nothing that you shouldn't be able to tell me. Yeah. Mm. And I always try and put it back to my kids and be like, it's my job to keep you safe. That's my whole job is mm. to keep you safe and looked after. And I can't do that if you don't tell me things mm. because I can't. I can't make it better. Mm. So that if you have things that you're not telling me, like how am I supposed to help you? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Just really get that good. word secret just off the table. Yeah, yeah. just remove yeah. secret. Because the grandparents throw secrets around. Oh, like, yeah. cans, oh. they're like, it's Boomers. our secret, secret, secret. And I'm like, no. <laughs> they're the same ones dropping the grand piano. <laughs> yeah. They don't get it. 
Hey, hey, hey. Oh, hello there. She's back. Oh, she's back. <laughs> Nadine, I'm back. I'm, I'm surprised you don't have an accent. It's Olivia. Uh, <laughs> and you're listening to the, to the Cold, Cold Coffee, Coffee Hotness Podcast. <laughs> Give me a little bit of Barbara, you know. You have a hot stick of coffee, a little bit coffee. of water. Coffee. I can't do accents. You know I turn into no, So yes, Anyway, you, you give it. me a go. How about like, <laughs> yes. oh, it's like a silky stick of butter, like I'm Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> Streisand. You know, I could honey? let it continue for you folks, but I'm going to stop it <laughs> stop, right there. Stop me. Somebody stop me. Let's get into this episode. I'm very excited oh, because yes. we have someone in the thick of it, a oh, very yeah. well-known to our One Fine Collective brand, donor for so long. Today we have Demi, who I've known personally for over 10 years cause when wow. she first started at One Fine Day Runway shows over 10 years ago. She has a beautiful five-month-old son named Cole who is in the background, so you might hear his little squeaks it's now. It's so cute. He's so cute. <laughs> but the juggler is real we all know this and we want to know how she's doing it thank you so much for having me it's so nice to be sitting here with you both and just chatting all things baby I feel like we've kind of gone on this journey from bridal you've been there for my wedding and now with Cole it's just yeah it's been a crazy journey but it's been great just to be able to get back into work and also be a good example showing Cole not that he really understands that right now but hopefully in the future seeing mums out there working and doing things for myself to to give my best version of myself to him goosebumps totally so important becoming a mum it's something that I've always I've always wanted to do and I've always wanted to be a mum so I think I've been mentally and kind of, I guess, physically prepared. I did a lot of prep up into the lead up to the birth. Um, Physio, uh, women's physio, chiro, um, classes, uh, reading things. But also I just think mentally I was like, okay, like I want this. Like I really want this. So positive mindset. Yeah, it's Mm. always just been in my mind of I want to be a mum. Yes, it's going to be challenging, but it's going to be so worth it. Yeah. How do you keep that positive mindset though? Because that's something I really struggle with. Like I've always wanted to be a mum from the second I knew what being a mum was. Um, But sometimes in the middle of the night when they're kicking off and it's just like, I know babies can pick up on your energy, but I can't help the the positivity just not coming to me. Like, do you have any tips? How do you, how do you find that? Honestly, it's, it's quite interesting. I think that I have had this mindset because I'm quite like an anxious person. I love to be organised. I love to um, arrive places on time. I've just always been a little bit anxious in the sense of Mm. everything has to kind Mm -hmm, of be mm -hmm. uh, not perfect, but, you know, structured. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) then I think um, I knew when becoming a mum, that's going to go all out the window. You know, things are going to change. Things are going to happen. So I just need to be in that present moment Mm. and just remember shit's going to go sideways and we've just got to stay positive Mm. and stay calm. And I think as well, just reminding yourself that it'll all be okay. Like there's moments where he's absolutely lost it. Like he's gone crazy and, you know, you go through the phases of like, I'm going to change their nappy, I'm going to feed them, I'm going to burp them. And then they're still really upset, but you just go, this moment's going to pass. I'm just going to stay calm. I'm going to stay cool, collected, even though it can be really hard. (laughs) But I don't know, it's just something I think for me, I just had this attitude and just trying to stay positive and remember like they're so little, like they can't tell us what like they need exactly. at that time. It's not their fault. They're not trying to annoy us. No, yeah. That's right. But I think, <laughs> I think as well, like having that attitude like rubs off onto Cole. Yes. I think. They pick up on it. All, all of the parent experts yeah. will say that your baby picks up on your energy. Like Jen mm. from What Baby was saying that they, they do, they pick up on. If you're anxious, they get anxious. Yeah. So it's important to try and 
minimize that as yeah. hard as it may be. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any tips then for an expecting mum or mm. something that you would tell yourself back when you were just about to have your baby? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone who's in the hazy first few weeks seeing as you're kind of out of that now. You're doing an amazing job. Yeah. And remember mm-hmm. that. Mm. Remember that you are doing an absolutely incredible mm. job. You're raising this human and just know that you are awesome. Yeah. I think that's just just something to remember mm. is like sometimes when you can be feeling a bit down or a bit lonely or, you know, worried because mm. obviously you're taking care of this little person you're and you're responsible for this, for this life. life. But it's just isolating. Yeah. It can re- be. Remember that you are doing an amazing job. Mm. And I think as well, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm. I know sometimes it's hard. Um, Some people have a lot of support. Some people don't have a lot of support. Mm. But reach out to people, resources, um, friends, family, anyone. If you need help, uh, ask for it because it's important for your mental health. Um, And just as well, if you need a hand with things, it's important. People people will rally around you. And give you that support that you need. They will. They will. you got to ask. Yeah, it's a bit gone. Um, I think the other thing that touching on what you were saying before is that because they change so much, just reminding yourself that this will pass. Like this is a fa- – everything is a phase. It gets easier. Literally that was my next point. Oh, good. It's You're taking that from you. No, literally <laughs> that's my next point. And I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier about kind of trying to keep that cool, calm, collected mm. uh, mindset is – there's those moments where they'll be really upset and it can be a bit worrying for you. But the thing is, it's not going to be forever. Like that moment mm. when mm. they're losing it and being upset or grisly, it's it's just that moment and it will get better. Yeah. Like it, it will be okay. Mm. It's going to pass. But also those moments, even though they're really tough and challenging, it's not going to be forever. No. Like, you know, it's so soak it up yeah. because like yeah. even though it's hard, it's they're only little for so like it's such a short period of time. Yeah. But sometimes I, it is too much. So I think yeah. it is really important to ask for help. Um, it's not all on the mum. Like it can't no. be. Like no. even though it is because it came out of us and they've got such and attachment. And so reliant on us. But yeah, like when it is too much, you have to ask mm. for help. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, like the communication with James and I, yeah. just being able to go, Sounds hey, babe, I need, you, I need you. Like I need yeah. some yeah. help. Like, yeah. And or just being able to talk to my mum and being like, oh, it's really, this has been hard or this has been a bit of a challenge or just just having that support and that willingness to open up yeah. and not be not keep it all to yourself talking is so yeah. important yeah to other people as well in the same that's why I, love, I harp on about it all the time but mother's group the mother's group that you join mm. in your area I just find that the most useful incredible thing you can do because yeah. they are literally in the thick of it in the trenches with you, with you. Yeah. yeah no one understands it like they do I'm still so close to my mother's group yeah yeah quite same. far apart now but it's they're just they're so amazing. Good support. So great. Yeah. Highly recommend joining that if you're wondering whether you should just do it. Yeah, mm. 100%. Okay, now can I have a cuddle? He's yes. Awake. He's awake, oh. officially. Okay. Oh, he's awake? Yep. Hey, cool. Yep. Hi, mate. <laughs> Hi, hey, beauty. Oh. I bagged the best cuddle. Okay. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, thanks Jimmy. Bye. Bye. I know a lot of our listeners have little girls, so we've done the Raising Boys yeah. uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago. And they loved that. Absolutely loved it. Um, I feel like boys can be... You know, a little bit of a tough kind of well, not to crack. We're females, right? Well, so we t- don't understand absolutely. But then I feel like the girl element. People were so excited to hear this chat because, as mothers, sometimes we kind of take the lead in terms of parenting, just because we like to carry a heavy load in our lives, and and we're raising mini me's, and that's scary. That's so scary. Yes, <laughs> it is, yes. and it's because we know how hard it is to actually be a girl and a woman, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and the struggles and so we went actually, through. Yes, and that was the motivation behind writing the book. It was when my first daughter, Violet, was born, and she's 14 now. It was my biggest desire for her was I wanted her to grow up liking herself mm. more than I did when I was growing up. Yeah. Mm. What do you think makes girls so complex? Like why are girls particularly hard? And raising girls, yeah. I think, actually, I know. <laughs> it's we are taught a set of rules, how to be a successful girl and how to be a successful woman. And these rules are presented to us as ladders. Do this and you will achieve what you want. You'll like yourself, you'll feel good enough, you'll be successful. But those ladders are actually snakes. And the harder we try to climb those ladders, be the good girls, the more we fall from our Mm. goals. See, the thing that we often get wrong, and this was certainly the thing that our generation of parents got wrong, was we think that we can build our girl's self-worth and make her like herself by convincing her that she's beautiful. And the way we convince her that she's beautiful is we tell her over and over again that she's beautiful, then one day she'll believe it, and then one day she'll have self-worth, right? Oh, gosh, when you put it like that, it's like that's never going to (laughs) work. Think about how many times we have been told Mm. that we are beautiful over the course of our lives. That Dove campaign that has been watched millions and millions of times telling people that we should all love the skin we're in. We tell our friends they're beautiful. They tell us we're beautiful. Mm. Social media is full of memes telling us we're all beautiful. And what is our body image like? Most women's body image is terrible. Terrible. If it didn't work for us, Mm. why on earth would we think that it was going to work for our girls? You've you've really made me think there. Our girls will naturally grow up believing that their beauty is the most important thing about them. Hmm. So your daughter will most likely hear more comments about her appearance than everything else combined. So she's going to go up and go, oh, well, I have to be beautiful to be valued. I have Mm. to be beautiful to be right. People judge me and care about whether or not I'm beautiful. So she'll grow up with that Hmm. assumption and then she will go into a world where she will never be beautiful enough. Mm. No woman in our society is beautiful enough. And we saw that just a few weeks ago when all the trolls took down Margot Robbie and called her mid, right? We interviewed two supermodels for our book, real ones, and they both had terrible body images, yeah. right? Oh my gosh. I mean, if they can't girls, be confident. Exactly. If they're not beautiful mm. enough, no one is. Yeah, right, right. So right. we tell our girls beauty is the most important thing, and then we send them out into a world where they can't be beautiful enough. So you cannot build your self-worth on physical beauty. The only way we can win the beauty game is to not play it, to absolutely toss the board and not play it. And what I mean by that is put all of our focus on building our girls' identity on things that they can control, not on things that other people get to decide about them. Mm. That's their character, their perseverance, their kindness, their humour, the things that they do, Mm. the things that they think and the things that they say. And the way that we do that, quite simply, is just stop talking about beauty. Kids are attracted to where they get their attention from, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm not saying don't ever tell your daughter she's beautiful. In our house, we treat beauty as just a fact. Well, yeah, you've got two feet, you're beautiful. It's just what it is right? Mm. But our girls also know we don't care about beauty. Of all the things that we love and value about our girls, beauty is not even on the list. I feel like with my daughter, four and a half, 
that is such a main feat. She is so centralized and locked in on that Disney definition of beauty. Every outfit needs to don a tutu on top or she's not, in her words, beautiful. She has to be wearing a hair clip or a headband or she's not beautiful. And no matter how many times I say, but look, mummy's in pants. Doesn't mummy look beautiful? She just looks at me and goes, no, no. Be honest, I'm like straight out of the mouths of babes. Look, when kids do objectify early, so that's what's happened with your daughter, Olivia. She, instead of seeing her body as something for her, something that she can do to use to play and have fun and just live life, she's learned that her body is an object for other people to admire and judge, right? And that's really early. It can be undone. At four, you can definitely un- undo it. Okay. And the concern about her objectifying at that age is she's not able to think critically about it. Mm. But what has happened, I suspect, is that there is an influential person in her life who is really, really focused on beauty. Mm. And if I'm going to have a guess, I would say a grandparent. I think you'd be right. Um, yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's probably my mum. Um yeah, so we look, we have many questions to come about the grandparents and we'll and yeah. we'll tackle that in a second. But one thing I just while we're talking about Eva and and I loved how you just described it where she self-objectifies early. So I was I think I cried to Nadine when this first happened because she's four and a half. Like just to really put that in perspective, she's four and a half. I expected this kind of chat at 12 maybe, but she came into my room and I really don't want to get upset here, but she came into our, my room and said, um, oh, sorry, oh. <laughs> but she doesn't like her curly hair. Sorry. And do you want to finish it? Um, so that she said to Olivia that she doesn't like her curly hair and wants straight hair like Olivia. She doesn't okay. like her face. She doesn't okay. want to look in the mirror. So, yeah, that was just really hard to hear. So a couple of things. First of all, every woman with curly hair wants straight hair and every woman with straight hair wants curly hair, right? So that bit's normal. Secondly, at four, she wants to be you, right? So one of the reasons she wants straight hair is because little girls want to be exactly like their mums. Yeah. All right, so that bit in perspective too. But the other bit is... Her looking in the mirror and judging her beauty is something that she's learned, yeah. but it's also something that she can unlearn, okay? Yeah. So I would be saying to her, you are you. You are you. You do you. Everybody is different. We're all different. We're all amazing. Everybody is a good body and let's do you. Yep. That was a nice sensual start to the cold coffee oh, hot mess podcast. It's oh, hi, Nadine, Nadine here. And Olivia. Yeah, so we're excited to be. We've got a good one today, Liv. Oh, listen, if you are feeling like you're in a bit of a style rut or you're not quite sure how to online shop efficiently like a pro, we've got the ultimate person here to talk to. Yeah, right? we have Lee Campbell and she's just given mm-hmm. us so many hacks and tips. I was literally, you'll oh, hear gosh. me, I was writing everything down. Literally. And well, look, as we know, you are a busy gal. You're wearing yes. all of the hats, all of the many, many hats. You still look amazing. Oh, what are your top hacks for looking good fast? Because that's what we oh. need, right, as working mums. Yeah, look, great question. Uh, I did cut my hair. I had very, very long hair and I cut it like up to eat my ears. Now it's a bit longer. That has changed my life because when I had long hair, it was just in a mum bun and not always a nice mm-hmm. mum bun, like a dirty mum bun. So mm-hmm. now in terms of beauty, 
I get keratin straightening and I get out of the shower yes. and this is, this is it. So I don't have to do my hair. I blast the, the hot air driving to the office, even though it's really hot outside because it dries my hair and that's it. Hair's done. My makeup routine is down to three minutes flat because I just have like a couple of products that I use for my day-to-day look. And then clothes, I try and think the night before about what I'll wear the next day. If it's just a mm. mumming day, that's generally leggings. But if it's an office day or events, I'll have a short list in my mind of what I'll wear. I don't fully decide the outfit because it depends on my mood, depends on my endo if I'm bloated. Mm. So I'll just kind oh, of have a Do you a little... have endo? I have endo, yeah, mm, which is really fun. So do I. Um, yeah. And hence why I have a lot of shirt dresses that can just be balloony because they still look quite stylish but your bloating and, you know, not feeling yeah. great can kind of be hidden. Uh, and like what I did recently, I just because I've got a really big wardrobe, which I'm very lucky to have, but I just put things in it and then they go to die because I can't see them. So I just bought one of those cheap racks from Bunnings and now, you know, maybe Sunday night or, you know, a couple of nights a week, I'll just hang out some things that I feel like I think oh, I might want to wear that week and then I'll just pair about jeans or flats or whatever. Is that kind of similar to what they do in a photo shoot, like pulling out certain yeah. pieces and then you yeah, make exactly. smaller? Yes, I just like pull out what, what I'm vibing or what I haven't worn for a while to see if I actually want to keep it or donate it or something new, you know, whatever. And then I go, oh, yeah, that shirt. And then all I have to do is whack on some bottoms. But like today... All I could think of was one item, so that's often just a dress. I love a shirt dress because it looks a bit more pulled together than just a maxi. Not that maxis aren't great, but depending if it's a work day, and then that's it. What are the items that you think all women need to have in their wardrobe to feel great? Look, it's so hard to say because not all women are the same, not all mums are the same. I always love fashion, but I truly didn't find my style until I had my son because I was postpartum, my body was different. I was like, what do mums even wear now? Even a mums can wear Mm. bikinis and minis. I was like, who am I? Um, (laughs) And for me to find my style, I went right. Because, you know, I used to have a very fancy magazine job, as you know, Olivia. We went to Mm -hmm. a thousand events a week. So I had umpteen stilettos, sparkly everything, (laughs) all of these days. Collecting dust now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I just finally sat down and reassessed and said, actually, you know, what does my life look like? I've got to get down on the floor. You know, I'm playing, I'm cleaning, I'm this, but I, and there's nothing wrong with just wearing leggings and a T-shirt. But I was like, okay, well, if I'm living in leggings, I'll get a pair that make me feel really good and a good quality and they're going to last. So I then. And they're the Amazon ones, aren't they? They're the Amazon ones. They're so good. <laughs> I I've know. Got a, I've got a few Amazon bougie <laughs> pairs now, but they're so good. But I, um, I just reassessed my life and then. Yeah. You know, for me, again, being postpartum, I fell in love with the trench because it covered everything and I had a, a winter mm. baby. And so it's, for me, it's just like kind of classic staples. They don't have to be expensive. You know, Uniglow, Zara, H&M, good jeans that don't need to be expensive. Wide leg are very in at the moment. And you can wear wide leg with a T-shirt and a tank or, you know, a sparkly top and heel. So it's just versatile, mm. versatile pieces that you don't look at every morning and go, oh, that's too hard to wear. I don't know how to wear it. If you can't work out how to wear it in a rush in the morning, it's too hard. Too hard. If too you, hard. if it needs it's too enough. much steaming or ironing, because they've got so many different oh, pieces, God, that no. I go, oh, I'll wear that the next time I have time to iron. When will I have the next time to iron? <laughs> when? In Never. twenty years? Yeah. So for me, it's more like mach- machine washable linens that look good, creased, comfortable, yeah. but still sort of stylish, if I can. Okay, we may have touched on this, but let's ask it anyway in case you have anything. Mm. Do you have any product or brand suggestions that you keep coming back to when it comes to feeling great and looking stylish, budget-friendly, but also quality that lasts? I know yes. we've touched on some things, but Ooh. are there any, like, beauty products even? Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, mate. Forte. How long have you got? Okay, so fashion. <laughs> fashion would be Uniglow. I'm obsessed with Uniglow. Everything from there is great. It's a Japanese sort of. Yeah. You know. Fan- the T-shirts, right? Fancy then came up. The T-shirts, the tanks, mm. the jeans 
the outerwear, mm. like they do a really great classic trench. I've their linen again is really good. Uh, Dish, I shop a lot on Dish. It's an Australian mm, brand Dish. and it's kind of medium price point, but because it's all sort of neutrals and classic cuts, they've always got a sale tab and the mm. sale tab always has great stuff in it, but it's not like a trend that's so obviously last season, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm wearing always... a dish dress in our promo shot, Nadine. For the uh, yeah, I know. Well. I mean, we love their marketing is just so good. Like so I went to their point. store in Noosa, I think it was, yeah. and I just mm. couldn't visualise it. Whereas when I was shopping online, I was like, oh, yes. yes. Same. I went to the new Bondi store and I was like, oh, I don't really like anything. And then I saw the same yeah. stuff online and I bought it. It's weird. They yeah. um, got yeah. What else? Yeah, I I'm think a marketing dream. Target has had a massive blow mm. <gasps> I've heard What this. happened to Target? I don't know. The prices have gone up by 10 to $15 per item, but the style they and have. the fashion has gone up a trillion percent, so it's worth it. I love that. Yeah. Um, mm. Kmart does some really good jeans and some really good linens. Atmos and Here on the Iconic is always oh, really, really reliable. Mm. What, what about beauty? Going. Let's pivot. Let's pivot to beauty. Okay. That's the vitamin C serum. It's not budget-friendly. It's the SkinCeuticals CE. Yes. I love it's that one. It's $220. I'm sorry, but... I put that it on is. because you want to wear vitamin C in the morning before your sunscreen because it boosts your SPF um, protection. It's just so good. But there's just other, get it in the sales. Yeah. Naturium is another brand that does one about 40 bucks, which is very good. Software, their vitamin C is very good. The number seven is very good for vitamin C. Mm-hmm. In summer, I skip straight to sunscreen because I'm very combo. I can't mm-hmm. tell you what sunscreens I like because of the TGA, but that's okay. Yep. And then makeup, my favorite foundation at the moment is the Revlon Luminance Foundation. It's relatively uh, new, very glowy, medium coverage, makes tired mums look like they have slept, even if they haven't. That's a uh, bloody great one. That one oh, so good. Writing down. Look, I am. I'm uh, taking notes. <laughs> lounge Face Lashes, my favorite tubular mascara. It's by an Australian lady startup, uh, Lauren Curtis, who was a YouTuber. Oh. Oh, I know it's, her. Yep. It's tubular mm-hmm. and it literally, you can you remove it with warm water. Lashes look so long and delicious. Doesn't smudge. Um, the Mecca Max Bronzer is my favourite. That's just like 25 bucks and it's a, inspired by another brand at Mecca. <laughs> um, but it is it's always a- inspired. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, let us peek behind the curtain. We love chatting to working mums and discovering how they bloody do it to get through the week. What are your hacks to making the working week and the juggle between working and parenting feel easier? Uh, well, my son has a father, so he has another parent, which is always yes. helpful. I'm not a single mum, so ask Rich <laughs> that too, I guess, you know, as long as we're asking the dad mm. that as well. It just depends. It's that glass ball, plastic ball analogy. I've got lots of balls in the air every day and Mm. sometimes the glass ball is my son because he's sick or, for example, his Christmas concert's on Thursday when I had a meeting but I would never miss the Christmas concert. Sometimes Mm. the glass balls are work. Sometimes they're my mum and her health. And so I just Mm. keep juggling the glass and let the plastic drop because they won't break and I can pick them up tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, You know, half my life's falling apart every day and I think that that's pretty normal. But it's so normal. Let's normalise that. Yeah, exactly. My house looks like shit. That's just normal. Same. I went to clean my wardrobe this morning and I was like, well, there's a wine glass in the middle of it. Like, that's interesting. <laughs> and then I just left. I would say that's compulsory. Mm, oh, I love that. that. Yeah, so. <laughs> Why not? You were having a good time. You deal with them. Do you get mum guilt or? No, I don't good? subscribe to mum guilt. Um, yeah, neither I'm, do I. I'm modelling being a working parent for my son as yeah. his, his father um, and just because I have a vagina that my son came out of doesn't mean I should be any more guilty than my husband one yeah. of <laughs> one of his parents are home with him if not yeah. my sister-in-law although that's very rare 
I travel for work mostly and that pays my bills. Therefore, he can go to daycare and eat food. So, yeah, no, nah, I don't. Yeah, it's mom. just good to remind ourselves of that. I like what, exactly what, how well, you Well, you know what? Mum guilt is projected from other mums because you're living your life differently to them. Mm-hmm. And they, and you know, it's a bit of a mirror and they're just reflecting. So, no, nah, I refuse to. It does, it serves no one. It just poisons me. So, no. Over and out for 2023. See you next year. Bye. Bye.